0: Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barber, and today I'm trying to throw it up a little bit, I'm moving things around. Paul Brian Hancock's questions, there were a number of answers to that, but I wanted to give focus to another Short Funk listener, and it's a listener I owe an apology to. Dave Barraza, I confused you with Andy Dixon. I've met you, Dave Barraza, never met Andy Dixon yet, but maybe next year I'll meet Andy Dixon. Apologies to Dave Barraza. Dave asked associated with, and I've already ran out this question, but I'm going to take a new take on it. So I'll provide it again. Knowing that there were lots of factors, was there a single catalyst that finally got your ass out of Oz? Here I have to point out, because he used the UK spelling of ass, clearly I was already going to get him confused with Andy Dixon, who is actually based in the UK. But I met Dave Brazza in Portland, fine upstanding gentleman, met his girlfriend as well. I'm going to take a different tack. Sometimes, rarely but occasionally I wake up in a cold sweat with the view that I've just had a dream associated with what my life would be like if I still lived in Australia. And it is genuinely a nightmare. My perspective associated with the departure from Australia has been characterised in many ways, but let me give a dream interpolation associated with what Australia would mean to me if I was still there. Firstly, I'm universally single. I'm living in some horrible, dilapidated environment and quite frankly, I'm relatively haphazardly broke. Some sideline to this, I realised recording the recent questions from Paul Brian Hancock that I hadn't accurately introduced the shed. For my first two years, I lived on campus. I lived in a college that had been run by nuns, and it was still effectively run by nuns. I was there primarily because my mother, as a diplomat, was enabled to put me up in college for two years, Would it cost me about $200 a week if I'd chosen to stay there. But I decided this was a relatively good deal. I worked probably about, I don't know, a third of a mile down the road at the Research School of Physical Sciences and Engineering. And I thought initially, because I was a naive schmuck, did I mention that I was naive, that living in an environment run by nuns would actually be quite interesting. Boy, was I wrong. My mother, in her infinite wisdom, put down that my father was Jewish on my entry criteria to this particular residential accommodation. And for that reason, I was deemed a demon from that moment on, and the nuns treated me unusually poorly. There was once an incident where I was sitting opposite some of the nuns as some Korean exchange students came to the university, and the chief nun, the president, I can't even remember what her name was, it doesn't matter, said, you know, girls, if you want a bike, just talk to Tom there. He steals bikes all the time. She said this with a straight face. This was the way she conceived of me being some lone bike thief. It was very curious since I'd never stolen a bike in my life. Never stolen anything in my life. It was very, very curious. But it's just a single incident. In my second year at this particular residential place on the university campus, a small group of folks decided that we were going to move off campus. It was me, a fellow called Michael Graf, I can't remember what his girlfriend's name was. And some other guy, who I think his name was Dave, as these people tend to be called. You know, Dave's not here. Man. Anyway, we went and looked at quite a nice house, which was ironically less than a mile from my family home. That for another short time, And looking at the house, I thought, yeah, this is move-in ready. But the landlord had one condition. Only one of us could be the signator on the lease and therefore, only one of us would be responsible for the rent payments. And mysteriously, even though Michael was a year older than me, his buddy Dave was probably at least three years older than Michael, I was the only one who had a steady job. Ladies and gentlemen, that didn't work out well at all. Never signed the lease, cut all ties with Michael, didn't even know Dave, and I realised I'd probably be in for another year living on campus. By the time of my third year, I'd made a number of friends and one of my friends lived slightly off campus and they had a garden shed that the local academic was willing to rent out to some schmuck. The previous schmuck who lived there, funnily enough, also a guy called Dave, there is a pattern here, had lived there previously for a few years. I think he would conceived a child there, actually, because he had a child support letters that were being sent and his, his ex, or at least what is culturally called his baby's mama in this part of the world, would come by periodically to see if Dave had returned. In any case, the shed became my home for the next two years. Well, really a year and a half, because I was out of Australia for six months and co-let the shed for that period of time. The shed was a very rustic environment. It had various cracks in the walls. The electricity wasn't particularly good. Any wet washing that I would have in the drying rack, I'm here talking about dishes or pots and pans, would get a layer of frost on it. It was freezing during the winter and it was absolutely sweltering during the summer. And it had a variety of other conditions, like for example, a roof would leak and these kind of things. It would rain down on my computer monitors. And if ever there was anything that needed to happen, it was pretty well my responsibility to do it. If I conceived of Noble Ape in Malaysia, gave birth to it on this campus accommodation, where I also had mono, might I add, the shed was really where Noble Ape got in its stride. I had a piano that I played, known as Rich Lips, in the... Well, actually, that's what it's called. It was a Richard Lippenstein piano, but anyway. And I played the piano, I wrote software, and I stayed just the right distance from campus. It was an amazing existence, really, and one that I occasionally reflect on in a positive light. The cold, the environment, the general sense of nihilism, all of these things were central themes in my development. And for that reason, I still reflect on the shed periodically. Certainly made living at the Leicester YMCA a lot easier, but I wanted to introduce the shed to anyone who was interested. It was a double garage size, the piano up against the central wall, so it wasn't in fact connected with any of the cold. My bedroom was kind of nestled in where I was basically nestled up next to the piano so as not to be near any of the exposed walls. There was a dog maybe about 10 feet from my head. It would bark periodically. That was the neighbor's dog. And I did a series of modifications. I created a cobblestone path that led up to the shed. Did various modifications just to make it slightly more livable. And that was my home. That's where I lived. And that certainly motivated a good degree of my philosophy associated with How I had to really escape from Australia. Tom Barbalay in San Jose, signing out.